0: From Humber College, in association with the Etobicoke Philharmonic Orchestra, my name is Mark Whale, and this is the Music Listening Project. Today we will be listening to the first movement of Mahler's Fourth Symphony, and with me to sound the depths of this complex yet at times, enchantingly simple work, is the EPO conductor Matthew Jones. Welcome, Matthew. It's
1: great to be back. Thank you very much.
0: So, Mahler wrote his Fourth Symphony of Nine and a Half, nine-and-a-half symphonies Mm -hmm. at the turn of the 20th century, 1899 to 1900, and it is the last of what are called the Wunderhorn symphonies because they are based on a series of songs he wrote earlier called Des Knaben Wunderhorn, the boy's magic horn, and I realize today that's why I've constantly associated these earlier symphonies, one, two, three, and four, with a vision of the Austrian Alps, you know, these kind of alpine horns calling across enormous valleys.
1: Yeah, it makes sense, absolutely.
0: Anyway, Mahler was a somewhat troubled man, constantly pondering on the meaning of existence in the face of death, a problem that pervades his music. In fact, my understanding is that he was so worried about dying that knowing that Beethoven, Schubert, Bruckner, and actually Vorjek all wrote nine symphonies, uh, when he got to his ninth, he speedily embarked upon his tenth, (laughs) only to die halfway through. (laughs) My students love that story. (laughs) But in this symphony, he apparently finds momentary release from his torment. At least that's the theory. It is based on a song, Das Himmelische Leben, The Heavenly Life, which is sung in its entirety in the fourth movement by a soprano. The words apparently representing a child's view of heaven. But it's interesting when you actually read the lyrics, I'm not 100% sure why uh, you know i mean so the, the the first verse is we enjoy the heavenly pleasures and void avoid the earthly things no worldly tumult does one here in heaven everything lives in the gentlest peace and so on but it kind of becomes slightly odd after that doesn't it? It,
1: it it does sort of degrade isn't the right word but evolve into something yeah. else yes there's the, there's some bloodletting and some sacrificial lambs and things that's and right yeah <laughs> so, so it, gets, any, it gets a little bit mucky
0: not so innocent anyway this innocent view of heaven arrives at the end of the symphony uh, after we've had a dance with death in the slow movement that according to commentators makes this a particularly accessible and transparent work I guess the innocence makes it accessible and transparent, but we're going to find out. So the recording we're going to listen to today is a 1957 recording of the Philharmonia Orchestra conducted by Paul Kletzky. Let's see what we think. Let's see what we've got. Why don't we stop it there just before we get to the second subject? I guess that would be the cello's about to come in. Mm -hmm. So, Matthew.
1: The big tune.
0: What are you hearing?
1: Well, it strikes me how busy it is, first of all. Typical of an opening, we're being introduced to themes, we're being introduced to voices. There's so many uh, instrumental interjections here, which is typical of that Mahler soundscape, right? Using a huge orchestra, but using it sparingly. And, and I mean, if you listen carefully, there's quite a conversation going on between the
0: orchestra. Right, yeah, there's there's some beautiful textures, but as you say, there's a quite a lot of call and response going on. But the other thing, I just when I was listening there, I... There's a, a lovely kind of tension or contrast between this very rhythmic kind, of dun, 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 which obviously mm. starts off with the bells at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And in contrast to that, you have this beautiful sort of dance like violin tune, right? On the one hand, there's this very seductive tune, and on the other, there's a kind of like. Certainty a, about it. Very metronomic here. But then, whoops! And It's, just it's a, cheeky. It's just and and delightful, yeah. right?
1: You just like the violin part. Come
0: on. I know. <laughs> he, he he manages uh, the conductor. I'm talking about now. Manages to slow this up without stopping it. Oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs>
1: I admire how the ensemble is nice and together too.
0: Absolutely. But again, we've got this dotted, kind of very rhythmic, uh, precise, and then... And then it comes back in, and now this call and response between the cellos and the
1: absolutely. I mean, I think uh, as we listen, we should expect to hear this this tension between these two lines kind of uh, work itself out, or or certainly develop. Right? This has become part of the storyline of this symphony
0: between the two different. Are you talking mm-hmm. about the rhythmic mm-hmm. thing? And the, yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thinking about the contrast between the metronomic character and the more seductive, expansive character, I realise that this is what happens a little later on between the expansive second subject in the cellos and the teeter-totter, almost toy-like regularity of this theme. And then... Again, the more nuanced, reflective.
1: The big second scene. Yeah.
0: And then the violins take it over. That's just a gorgeous little slide there, isn't it? When the, the violins are playing, yam, bom, bom, da, dee, dee, underneath the cellos are going, pim, pom, pom, pom,
1: pom, pom, pim, pom,
0: you've got this childlike quality, but also this very basic rhythm. This is all over the place, right? It sure is. How would you recommend that our listeners listen to this?
1: Well, I I still hear the, the conversation of it. I right. still hear the personalities. Um, maybe we could think of it like a little operetta. Mm-hmm. So we've got... Singers on a stage that represent a, a character, mm-hmm. and they are dialoguing or trying to figure something out, or you know, but advancing the the story. We're not sure how the story is going to end yet, obviously, but I think that's how I relate to these these little interjections. You that's know? really
0: interesting. I think the the idea of a conversation is really helpful, and also thinking about in a conversation, you listen through to the end of each person's sentence, right? And that's something I found quite helpful to myself. I, I find that with music, sometimes I just think, okay, I know where it's going. And actually, subconsciously, I've stopped listening. Recently, I've really tried to kind of listen through to the end of every phrase, and you hear so much then. So let's see if we can just find that little bit where the winds start off with this... Mm. da da deen, deen, deen. Again, a very, very simple melody, and then the, the strings take it over and add a little bit more nuance. just as a grace now and then listen to the horn in the background. Then we get a kind of a kind of repeat here but But it
1: is interesting that of course we recognize it from the beginning because, because of the bells. Absolutely in yeah. that that very stark kind of opening uh melody.
0: Exactly. Let's move on now to what we're terming the development. And we know it's the development because we we get to a bit where it seems like it's going back to the beginning and we can tell because of our cowbells. Not cowbells. Right. <laughs> um, sleigh bells. Sleigh bells. <laughs>
1: Well, that didn't go very well. It didn't, did it? Seems it seems no. to have just crashed around yeah. our feet, yeah. It, yeah, it
0: started off well with the sleigh bells, and then suddenly you get this, this solo violin coming in. And
1: but with the wrong tune, because that's actually the sort of second phrase from the beginning, right. not the tune itself.
0: Right, but but yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So very fragmented.
0: You can hear the things. I mean the reason the development works for us because we're picking up on things that we heard in the exposition like the Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's always mm-hmm. interesting, isn't it? To see what a composer is going to kind of make a big deal of.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. What 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 attracts their attention, yeah. like a shiny thing in the exposition. You know, yeah. ooh, I like that. I'm gonna yeah. do something with it.
0: Did you like the mirroring of the horn coming down? Absolutely. So I'm going yes, up yes, by ampeteen. I, 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 I totally noticed that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to listen to the horn next time I play that. So where are you saying that comes from?
1: That is from the very opening, but answers the A theme that we were remarking so much about of the okay. violins. <laughs> the next theme, the next piece of uh, motivic extravagance, is this. Theme. Da, da, dee, da, yes,
0: Okay, so I want to move on a little further now into the development. Listening to this earlier, one of the ways I conceived of it was being in a forest and being bombarded by different colors, different timbres, different shapes that appeared to me seemingly randomly on all sides. I mean, you've already got you've got this incredibly clear flute, but then you've got what bass clarinet,
1: a bass clarinet. There's a, a bassoon as well, sort of answering the flute. There, absolutely. And then
0: out of nowhere, gradually come these strings, sort of. Yeah. And you were saying earlier that this is a
1: paradise theme, is how okay. it's it's defined. And I guess for my part, I mean, I don't know what would you write if you were writing. To represent paradise, this is what Mahler's chosen, and uh, and I guess knowing that also informs how I've been listening to it. So,
0: so is this movement? Is he already in paradise here? I thought he didn't get par- to paradise until the end.
1: I don't think he's in paradise, but I think in a, in that <laughs> naivete of the opening and this sort of childlike right. visionary, and this theme is what unites the end of the symphony and oh. and the end of this movement, even in fact. So it keeps coming back.
0: I just love that suddenly hearing the strings coming in there.
1: So it starts to get interesting here. Into my ear, this is defragmentation right. of that theme. So it's it's being chewed apart a little bit, to... right?
0: Because the clarinet is this. Mm-hmm. Again, it's unbelievably interesting if you can just keep allowing yourself to be taken where the, the, these different sounds.
1: If we actually listen further. A little bit. The the trumpets and brass come in with diminished chords. That say, right. you know, no, this is not going well. There's trumpets here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, not happy chords. There's more of them coming. Hello.
0: That's the violin thing. And,
1: and the bells again. Right on. Oh, right. Mm -hmm.
0: I didn't get that. Well, not the bells specifically, but the theme. No, but the theme.
1: was a a symbol i think you were hearing really? playing with the trumpets yes <laughs> with a with uh specifically with a sponge mallet all oh, right yeah. it just sounded like
0: a maybe it, maybe it particularly sounds like that because <laughs> sounds like a saucepan okay we're going to uh we're going to move on here in the interest of time. This whole bit I'm about to play is really interesting because it, it starts in unease, to say the least, and then there has this moment of triumph, and then it goes back into chaos, and then it ah, stops. Yes. Now we're suddenly celebrating... This is the theme from the exposition, which was this playful, childlike toy theme. Mm-hmm. Da, deen, da, 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 mm-hmm. da, it's almost like a nursery rhyme, right? Ba, it is indeed.
1: Deen. And I would also argue that it's also echoing back to that paradise theme a little bit as well. Right, I think that
0: there's dee de de a... Exactly. exactly. It's fantastic that
1: you can pull up those themes and sing them like that for the microphone. That <laughs> is fantastic. <currently> <laughs> is- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh,
0: it just it it, it it keeps going and it literally it's like there's a whole bunch of people talking and there's all this chaos and everybody's very worked up about everything and then a couple of people keep talking and then gradually they peter out and then I mean, it's remarkable, isn't it? It literally fades to nothing. And then suddenly we're back in, I guess, everyday life, the the dance.
1: I, I think those attempts at recapitulation and or attempts rather to arrive at the recapitulation here finally succeed.
0: But the way it's arrived at is, is hardly—it's not—it's not really a resolution, is it? It just the development, which seems to me to be filled with chaos and foreboding, suddenly peters out. Yes. And okay, I guess everything's all right. There's the plucking, the bells, in the beginning. Keep listening.
1: There you go. Suddenly
0: the sun's there. But...
1: And even Mahler tells us in the score, in strict time, don't give the pause away,
0: it just happens. Right. Okay, we're just going to um, zoom now to the end. Let me have this, this gorgeous moment uh, of ascension to heaven, I think. beautiful horn, which I'd never heard before. i just like to use this as a, an example again of somehow if you can hang on to everything at the same time. This is a place where when I've listened to it before, when I've played it, all I've heard are the violins <laughs> because I'm a violinist. But I'm hearing that top note, right? So you're kind of following that, that ethereal top note. But then when you listen and you allow that to be with you, but listen in the background to what else is going on, it's astonishing.
1: I think that top note, and if you are violin, violinist listening to the violin part, it's like holding a glass. But yeah. inside the glass, there is a liquid. And it can be a, a certain color. It can be bubbly. It can, and I think that just the consciousness of what's going on inside that sound, because the, the horn is commenting on oh, that arrival, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's not separate. We are amazing pattern recognition uh, vessels. Mm-hmm. And I think Mahler keeps our attention by uh, always referring back to the same element. And we go, I recognize that pattern.
0: But don't you think at the same time, and I, I think that's really helpful, we're pattern recognizers. And yet at the same time, if quite often when we recognize a pattern, we say, okay, I know the pattern. And you stop listening because you know what's going to happen because you already know the pattern. What Marla seems to do to me is to give you a pattern, but then give you something else, which makes you once again aware of that pattern. So you have to keep listening, right? Agreed. There's a subversion of those uh, things as well as simply the presentation of them. remarkable
1: absolutely
0: well it's been a pleasure matthew as always thank you very much thank you very much for listening to this music listening project podcast we were listening to the philharmonia orchestra conducted by paul Kleski. and if you are interested in other podcasts please check them out on itunes under music listening project thank you very much